to Building an Effective Marriage Team, hosted by Dr. Ralph Goffrey and Pastor Lenore Goffrey. This is a show that helps couples build a kingdom relationship. As stated in Mark 10, verses 8 and 9, and the two shall become one flesh, so then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. So now, sit back and hear today's discussion. Hello, and thank you for listening to Building an Effective Marriage Team radio program hosted by Dr. Ralph Godfrey Jr. and First Lady, (laughs) Sister Lenora Godfrey. We want to welcome you all to the show. Pastor is so funny, and um, I am Boris Ridley. I am your, what am I? The facilitator? (laughs) Thank you. Question what I am today. Um, We want to thank you guys for joining us. We just like to have fun. Um, But we want to thank you for joining us, and um, for those that haven't joined us before, We are, um, our church is located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes. New Life Temple Church. (laughs) New Life Temple Church. (laughs) And Pastor Ralph Godfrey Jr. is our pastor. And again, like I said, Sister Lenora is our first lady. And this is actually the second radio program that Pastor Ralph has. He also has Practical Christian Living. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. (laughs) And and it has our uh, associate pastors a part of that as well. So we just want to thank you guys for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about children and marriage. And this is a 30-minute, 28-minute session, but <laughs> how many sessions are we going to need for this? Right. <laughs> Not a lot, hopefully. So I'm going to go ahead and pose this question. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pose this question. Um, what if, what, what do you do? How do you start off a marriage talking about children? How do you start a marriage by? How do you start off? Oh, asking for children. Uh huh. How do you do that? That's a good question. Yes. Very good question. Are you talking about pre-marriage? Yeah, pre-marriage. Pre-marriage. So discussion of... So I think to make the question more clear... Oh, yes, make it clear, sir. Well, I'm saying you're asking um, a couple before they become betrothed... Right. ...discussions that should be... Had. Yeah. Talked about about prior to... Yeah. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... How many we having? That's how you started out. Yeah. yeah. How many we having? No. But, but I mean, you know, some of that conversation would be natural. Usually people have a desire for a certain amount of children. And you would want to talk amongst each other about that. His desire may not have been the same as my desire. I wanted 10 kids. Oh, my. Yeah. Did you really? I sure did. I wanted I wanted a lot of kids because I came she was from a crack back then. somewhat small. <laughs> yeah. Why you want so many kids? I I don't know. I, I we had a small. It was three of us 
and we didn't live near any family. So we would okay. have to travel so far. So I always liked, you know, we were, I went to a Catholic high school, so um, there are a lot of large families mm. in our, in my high school. And so we would have to travel over states to actually to see family. family. So I always wanted a lot of kids. So the Lord blessed me with five children and when they get married, I'll have 10. So okay. in all actuality, there you go. I have my 10 <laughs> without doing all the work. Okay. <laughs> you know how that is. <laughs> so, and so I think it's an important thing to talk amongst each other about prior to because there may have to be some discussion and resolution and compromise and we don't get to all of that in this conversation yeah (laughs) but pastor how Uh many children it wasn't 10 wasn't wasn't even two but uh the lord was good (laughs) so did you see yourself having children when you were growing up um you know what? I was never envisioning. I, I never had a, a. Or men don't think like that. Some do. I mean, I just wasn't one of those. I wasn't, you know. I was always, I'm always, and will always probably be, it is what it is. Whatever happens, happens. It's, it happens, it happens, and I go with that flow. So, um, because I think, really, the, the beauty of, I think, life, and especially when you get older, well, for me, understanding like the kingdom of God and just purpose and all those things now mm-hmm. um, I think that any seed that is produced from you God meant it to be and so therefore as a steward of the family meaning a father you have to just find yourself trying to adjust to raising them one way or the other and hoping that you can teach your kids to discover and understand destiny and understand their purpose in life. So um, I wasn't looking to be Father Abraham, but, you know, it, it, like I said, it is what it is. Everything happened the way it happened. So. It's so funny to kind of get off the conversation. Today I said everything we do as a body is tied to destiny. Mm-hmm. So when you write that book, um, I could do the foreword. <laughs> there you go. There you go. About destiny. Okay, so let's get back. Um, okay, so for myself, it was only three of us. I guess I never really thought about how many kids I wanted. I just mm-hmm. knew I wanted them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So whatever happened happened, <clears throat> but. What? How do you include? So let's go to this question. How do you include children in your? You know, in the beginning of our program, back some months ago, was it summer? Yes, yes. We really uh, we talked about vision, mission, and purpose. Um, How do you include that in your? Or is it necessary? To include that in your vision, mission, purpose, statements, decrees, I mean, is it? Um, I, you know, I think it is, and it may come at different times. Um, You know, when we got married, and prior to us being married, we had three children. 
So for us, it would be a little different than a couple getting married that didn't have any children and then have a desire to have children. So a part of our vision, mission, and purpose initially, starting with kids, included kids. Mm -hmm. And so I think that just, you know, every couple, every situation is unique. And I think it needs to be addressed that way, look that way. Um, And, um, you know, in that, then as you develop as individually and as a couple, your vision, your mission, and your purpose, that just includes everybody that is in that family unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, um, again, we go back to understanding purpose. I think even in your family, uh, I was talking <clears throat> ministering one time in uh, Atlanta. And uh, interestingly, I th- one of the things I was looking around when before I ministered, uh, just looking at the, the dynamics of our my family, my just overall family, not immediate family, but my my siblings. I mean, my um, cousins. Yeah, my relatives all around, and it's interesting because we have like a lot of ministers in yes. the family, and it was as I was beginning to minister, it was like I was kind of showing me. Uh, to look at these, these the dynamics of that, and it, it kind of took me back at the time to the the history of Israel, how uh, the fathers would groom their children to take up that particular um, trade or take up that particular uh, ministry. You know, like the Levites. You know, when you were born into that family, mm-hmm. you were a Levite. Yeah. Um, and so in looking at that family dynamic, I thought it was interesting that, again, we had it was a whole room of like ministers <laughs> that I was about to minister to. And it kind of threw me to the degree of a different of understanding that uh, God does ordain our families to to walk a particular way when we come to Christ and understand that, yeah. understand that it's like, we have a, a family in our church called the, um, uh, well, I only know I'm looking at Karen because she's, oh, Stewart. Stewart. No, she's not a steward, oh, but the Jackson. Jacksons. Yeah. Jackson is the original. And they, their whole family cooks, yes. I mean, and serves in, you know, in that capacity of ministry, I look at uh, the bakers that belong to our family, mm-hmm. and they just love to just get in and serve, yeah. you know. So she That's teaches good. and grooms her children yeah. and, and her relatives to serve right. a particular way. And so I just say that because when you find that niche, what God is calling you for, I think now you have a, a responsibility to begin to steer your children. Yeah toward that ministry that God has imparted to your family. Um, It may be music, it may be ministry, it may be the prophetic. Uh, You take like... um, The Millens. Yeah, the Millens. It's just Chris Millen is is very prophetic, and her daughters daughters have that same trait. You know what I'm saying? So it's powerful when you really connect to God on that level to walk in that particular understanding that what have you assigned or 
destined my family to become wow. so good. that now I can begin to work them toward that destiny mm-hmm. so that they become what it is they were supposed to become. Mm-hmm. This is good. That is good. <laughs> and 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 I, I would think it can, you know, God's des- destining it so it can be picked up at any juncture of that family line. Yeah, I, I think um, if we, again, go back to Scripture and pay attention, let, let's go back and actually, like, for instance, look at the patriarchs. Uh, you, you have what God calls Abraham to be, again, the, the uh, uh, I want to say progenitor, but the, uh, yeah, but the forerunner of the promise. Mm-hmm. Yet, and then if you look in Scripture, you'll always hear God call him and his sons yes. the God yeah. of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? Yeah. And you begin to see how the promise was passed down to each one of them until, until Jacob begins to produce the promise of the family that now becomes the the carriers of the promise. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, but prior to that, it was passed down where Abraham had to pass down the understanding to Isaac, this is our call. This is what we're supposed to do. This is the promises that God gave. And as such, that God begins to visit Isaac like he did uh, Abraham. And then you see when Jacob comes on the scene, God visits him. And I'm sure Isaac had to pass that down to him to explain that we are the carriers of the promise. Mm -hmm. And then, you know what I'm saying, and he's now trying to, he gets 12 sons, and now it's mm-hmm. like, well, really, he gets the, 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 the two that were added from Joseph, but he gets those sons, and now uh, he has to uh, pour into them, but how God begins to, again, bring that whole family into their destiny as uh, the nation of the promise. Wow. Isn't that powerful? So right. it goes from, again, where God is trying to, I think open our eyes to see that nothing he does is without purpose. Right. And, and even in our families, when we begin to see that, now we have to include our children in that vision mm-hmm. to begin to steer their lives correctly. Mm-hmm. So I honestly, I feel like, I mean, when you, so that would change your thought about kids, not that you don't want to have them. But in the beginning, if you really looked at that whole you know, how things are supposed to be. Yeah. The way you just explained, you know, you would really think more and be more um, in tune with which direction your family is going. So when you first have your kids, you already working on that. Yeah. And and the crazy thing, I mean, you know, the, the interesting thing, I think in America, most of the times our children, well, it might not just be in America, but uh because again, our children do grow up with a mind of their own and, and, and we kind of uh, encourage them to follow their own dreams. But if we were really doing this according to scripture, we would, we would involve them to carry out whatever promises, uh, or I'll say uh, the vision that God has for this family. Uh, and even if you tap them to just get them started, they'll still pursue whatever. But it's almost like our children are like a boomerang. You know, once they go out, they find their way back. coming right back yeah. 
to the very thing and and now they're always like wait a minute what what am i supposed to do i have a son that my our one of our sons he did you know he went and left and now he's coming back to god he's like trying to figure out like okay what should should i be hanging with you should i be doing and it's like well, just get these basics down first, and, and then we'll point you in the right direction. Right. And see, so I think in a way, it somewhat comes naturally, because that's your prayer. Yeah. You know, that's your prayer, because you do know they have their own mind. They see certain things. You know, he played basketball. You know, maybe it was something where he desired to go and play for pro, and that was a direction he was taking for a season. Yeah. And, you know, but then... <clears throat> however that worked out, however he decided to go, he's come back. And, and though that's always a prayer because it does take the next generation and the next generation, the next generation to continue to do God's work. Because, you know, we're, we age. You know? <laughs> so would you say that knowing that, so if you had to know, you know, from the beginning, like our family is really aligned of um, ministers of the gospel, would you start? Would you start doing something different from birth? Um, yeah, I think you would. Um, <laughs> you would actually know how to pray, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I always <clears throat> prayed for for my children to to know God. I always prayed for my children to understand, you know, walk in the things that God had for, prepared for them. Um, like I said, but prior to that revelation of seeing how uh, God is, I think, begins to, I feel, say, I feel that God wants you to raise your family according to that vision for your, your own home, for your family. Um, then I think uh, it, it, it change, changes the prayer. You know what I'm saying? Like my prayer now is, Father, help me show them the destiny ordained for us as a family. Help me open their eyes to see what it is that God is attempting to do with them through us. And it's funny because um, because of the ministry we do, uh, they they go with us a lot. Yeah, they complain, but they go. Uh, and and now they're beginning to well, why do we do this? Well, why do we do that? And, and it's good because we have the opportunity to explain. Uh, they begin to see things different. Like my son, my son uh, the one he's 26 now, um, he wanted to hang with me. And I said, well, uh, I, I don't have time this week, but if you, wanna, if you actually want to hang, you can come to where I'm going to be. And he came, and I think this was his actually first time seeing me outside of the pulpit doing something else ministering to to men and so he said okay i'll come so he came and i was doing a friday night session with men uh that i i uh men who had previous addictions uh to drugs and different things and so he's looking at that like so i don't know you did this i'm <laughs> like yeah I, I know because you never wanted to see, but now that you're trying to find your way, now he's he's seeing what else there is to ministry. Mm -hmm. And so it intrigues him because it is a different 
uh, a look, you know, when you're just used to your father, if you just see him preaching, 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 or yeah, every time I see you, you're that in that environment. Yeah, but there's more to this. It's it's if you want to understand ministry, as I try to explain to people, men, the pulpit to me is not really ministry. That's just part of of what God uh, puts in my hand as far as the the we'll say apostolic call to to preach the word and to minister the word to to different groups of people. But when you really talk about ministry in itself, it's when you are capable to serve people through a different capacity that will help bring them into the destiny they were supposed to walk in. Right. Well, it's amazing, too, because this particular child you're speaking of, or he's not a child, a young man now, <laughs> him and his buddy have an organization called yeah. the Committed Organization. And so I think a lot of times you don't necessarily realize when you're getting in, involved in things and doing things, it, it was deep-rooted in you. You're just, he's now at that age where he's discovering, okay, I'm out on my own, I'm working, these are the things I'm doing on my free time. So he, he, he is now walking in the footsteps similar to his dad and he's serving. He's reaching out, doing outreach to help somebody understand they have a destiny. Coming out of maybe poverty, there's there's hope for your child, there's yeah. hope for you, you know, and then bringing it back around into, you know, yeah. Christ. And But it's just amazing. So I think he's, he's coming into his own, but it's, you know, baby steps and he's learning, okay, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So what would you say to the couple who has a child or children and so I'm just going to just throw this out there. The the husband don't go to church and not being taught, but she is and is being taught. Yeah. And she sees this direction that her child, their child should be going in, but she don't have that support over here. Um. And he's the, as we had said, he's the vision keeper. Well, supposed to be, yeah. And yes, well, yeah, but yeah. if a, if, and a, if he's yeah, not yeah. in church, yeah. I mean, it, those are the difficulties that we we have explained when you're in Christ, how it will go, and you know, yeah. as you're saying, he should be, but if he's yeah. not in church, yeah, when, he might when not. you have those dynamics, it's just challenging, <clears throat> um, yeah. Because you you know being a, a one being a believer and one being an unbeliever, uh, again a belie- a non-believer don't see things the way you see. Right. And so the expectation um, for that family has diminished somewhat. Uh, and the only thing you can do is if it's a if it's a wife of such, she she has to pray. Right. She has to ask God to open the eyes. And even allow, it, hopefully, it, it, he doesn't interfere with uh, the wife trying to uh, bring the child into a different understanding of kingdom, dominion, uh, you know, bringing them to church and all those different things. Uh, I know Lenora had, uh, when she ministered at one point, she gave statistics to uh, how a family would follow the father when he yeah. is part of the the church or you know he decides to become part uh of a church and, mm-hmm. and so that his leading and stepping in that <coughs> direction 
affects the family. And so even when he's not part of that, it affects the family because many times your children begin to see, well, if daddy ain't, ain't going, <laughs> do I, I, I got to go. go. Right. And I think the statistics were when a um, husband is the first one to lead the family to church, it's like 73% of the family units attended. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was a woman, it was all, the percentage was much less. Yeah. And um, so, you know, that tells you, I mean, that's right in line with scripture and right in line with what we said as far as that head of the home and, and who has to lead. Yeah. And it's challenging. And, and many times you, you have to, again, um, pray and, and, and ask God to give you <clears throat> wisdom, uh, you know, or even send someone to, to help make that connection you right. know, because it does become a, a, a different battle you know uh, so the only thing you can do is hang in there pray and, and see what God does yeah that, I guess that's why it's so important that you know when we talk about premarital counseling mm-hmm. yeah all of this has to be in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has to be included in right. there. I mean, th- it doesn't ensure you won't have problems, right? But at least you will have talked about and have some idea. You have awareness. Right. I think that's the whole point of premarital counseling. It it brings about an awareness of things to that should provide insight uh, to a couple prior to walking into that supposed commitment. Right. Um, many times I think that a couple who don't take their Christianity seriously find themselves in still precarious situations that test their marriage, test their, uh, you know, commitment. Um, because, again, one, if not both, didn't take it seriously. And, and so, or even... They really don't hear. They just feel like, well, we're going through the motions because the church or because she said it or he said we need to go through this. And so when you do that and you don't take it seriously, now you marry and let's say, uh, again, you're marrying for beauty. You're marrying for the wrong reasons, whatever they may be. And now when a serious situation comes and inflicts the marriage, now what happens? Right. You know, whether it's a child or not. Um, and many times if a, a child is brought into that union, unless, like you said, that wasn't discussed. And one of them, like, well, you know, especially if they're having financial struggles and all these different things, well, that child now becomes an added burden mm-hmm. versus a, a blessed joy. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Because a couple did not have time to prepare for that. And so many times uh, the struggle becomes real because now we have financial issues. We have this child we have to take care of, and that becomes an issue. They never agree with how to raise the child. So now uh, we're struggling in that area. So they never really took time to know each other as a couple. And so now we, we... don't have that time anymore because we have this child that consumes our time and so now resentment and all other things can begin to set in because again we never properly prepared or took premarital counseling serious Mm -hmm. yeah so 
we should really be using this book for our premarital counseling <laughs> and add the chapter well, about of children. Course. Everybody needs to buy one. Um, yes. <laughs> so, guys, we just want to thank you for joining us. And if you're, uh, if you want to get this book um, that we're talking about, and I'm sure you're going to add a, a chapter about children sooner or later. <laughs> sooner or later. We'll probably add a few more chapters. A few more chapters. Yeah. Because we were talking about doing one on finances. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I mean, it's touched on some of it throughout, but all of it fits in. Right. All of this. Yeah. For right. sure. But. Well, that's why the book isn't on the market yet. It's not. Because <laughs> you need, it, it has a few more additions to be. Uh, yes. Right. Yes. Right. So, but if you're interested, you can visit us at www.buildingandeffectivemarriageteam.com. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for listening to Building an Effective Marriage Team today. If you would like to hear more, we would like to invite you to listen to us anytime on our various podcast stations, which include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Radio Public Podcasts. Also, New Life Temple Church would like to invite you to enroll in our awesome Bible College. For more information, you can go to www.nltbiblecollege.org. For more information on building an effective marriage team, also our book, our camps, and our retreats, you can go to www.nltbiblecollege.org. BuildingAnEffectiveMarriageTeam.com. Again, that address is www.BuildingAnEffectiveMarriageTeam.com. Again, thank you for listening today.